Hello, happy dwellers, and welcome to the Happy Dwelling Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here with me today, and I hope you have been well and are creating those great habits so your dwelling place can be a happy one. Happy Friday, happy dwellers. We have made it to yet another week. And it's practically fall, okay? I know I mentioned that last time, but it's it's actually fall. I feel the wind picking up and the leaves are beginning to fall where I am. So happy fall. <laughs> I decided to dedicate the month of September to moms and mom-related content here on the Happy Dwelling Podcast because I am a mom and a lot of the stuff that came with being a mom, especially in the pregnancy, breastfeeding, the first year of life stuff, I was not aware of enough. Like I had heard a little bit from my mom, but I don't feel as though it was talked about enough for me to actually feel comfortable actually going forward being a mom. A lot of it was like, I just got, I just have to figure this out. And to be honest with you, um, in motherhood, that that's a lot of it anyway, but I just feel as though some of these conversations should have been had a lot more on a day-to-day. This portion of life, this the beginning portion of having a baby and giving birth and all the things, it's pretty much neglected unless until you become a mom. And so I'm trying to change that paradigm out here. I want this content to reach men, women, boys, and girls, anybody really, because in order for us to understand something, we have to understand. A, we have to have a background of it. And that's why I have these beautiful ladies on today. I'm so excited to share this with you guys. I have two wonderful women who decided to come on and share their experience with breastfeeding. If this is kind of a part two to breastfeeding is a privilege because it gives better insight to somebody else's life and some of the things that they've experienced that can take place during a breastfeeding journey. The first guest is Aislinn Ridley and she is a stay-at-home mom to her one-year-old and she's pregnant with her second now and she's going to tell you more about um, her experience with her one-year-old and her expectations for the future going forward. And then the second mom I have on is Kiana Regist. She is a medical school student and an amazing woman. And she just dropped some real gems. So pay attention to it and definitely share it if it's valuable to you. Make sure you rate. Make sure you comment if it's on on YouTube and do all the things because it all matters. And um, I hope you enjoy. Hi, Aislinn. How are you today? Hi, Victoria. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I have a little friend with me today, so um, don't mind her, everybody. Um, I wanted to bring you on here because you have your mom and you're pregnant. You're going to have a second one soon, which is awesome. And I wanted to bring you on here and to talk about a little bit about how you decided to feed Annabelle, your first daughter, in the first year of life. So, before we get into it, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself, things that I haven't said, and um, tell me something that you're grateful for as well? Sure. So my name is Aislinn Ridley, and I am a professional art therapist, licensed and board certified. So that is my background. I um, you know, studied art and psychology, and I 
last year became a mother. <laughs> and um, I have a one-year-old daughter. Her name's Annabelle. And I am expecting my second child in November of this year, which is wild. And it's a boy. And I'm excited. He's going to be named after his dad. Aww. And um, yeah, I just recently relocated to New York as well from Ohio. And one thing I am grateful for, I have to say that I am grateful for uh, my family, the support system that I have, um, because I am just realizing that having children is a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of strain on your physical and mental uh, well-being. So I'm just thankful that I have people to support me through that, through this journey. I love that. Yes. Uh, when they say you need a, it takes a village to raise a child, that's not a joke. <laughs> Not a, joke. not a joke at all. And I'm I'm happy that you have your family. Your mom has always been awesome. And honestly, I've always looked up to her. So I know that that must be such a blessing to have in your life around Annabelle and your, your son, soon to be son. So awesome. Um, okay, awesome. So I wanted to kind of just dive in. And can you tell me a little about a little bit about how you decided to feed Annabelle in her first year of life? Sure. So when Annabelle was born, I immediately Mommy. wanted to breastfeed. That was my intention. Mom, um, just, you know, after giving birth, um, my whole method of trying to feed her was going the all natural route because that that's what my mom did with all of us. So I kind of assumed that I would be able to do the same. And um, I uh, remember... Um, trying to feed her in the hospital and she wouldn't latch. She wasn't, she was having a difficult time latching and I didn't really know what to do. I kind of felt a little helpless and I was concerned that she wasn't getting enough to eat, even though they reassured me that, you know, she didn't need much after immediately being born. They're just saying, just keep trying. And I met with a lactation uh, specialist um, at the hospital and she assisted um, as much as she could. And the nurses helped as well, but it seemed like she was having a hard time. So I decided to give her formula because my fear was I'm going to have a starving baby at the hospital. So I gave her a soy-based formula because I grew up on soy-based formula and I don't want to give her something that I myself wouldn't take because I was kind of um, allergic to milk before I was even born. My mom couldn't have any dairy. So I wanted to start her off with a uh, soy-based formula. And so that's what she had in the hospital. And then um, I pumped, I did manual pumping and you know, pumped with a breast pump to um, get milk into the bottle for her. I was able to feed her breast milk that way for about a month. <laughs> um, and in the meantime, I had a friend who's actually a um, lactation specialist and she's also a nurse. And um, she, I was explaining to her the difficulty I was having with Annabelle latching. And she asked me to record Annabelle crying um, so she could see underneath her tongue. Cause she was like, she thinks Annabelle might have a tongue tie. If that's, if she's having such a hard time latching, it could be something, you know, underneath her tongue that's preventing her from, um, nursing correctly. So I sent her the video and she was just like, she thinks it's slight, but she thinks it's just enough that would prevent her from being able to latch correctly. So I, um, talked with my husband about it and we decided that we would take her in to get a phrenotomy 
And that was a traumatic experience for me. <laughs> but um, I think that we were just trying to do everything that we could to um, allow her to be able to breastfeed if, you know, that was going to work out for us. So the procedure was done. It was successful. And um, I could see the difference in her tongue. Like um, before it was like more constricted when she would cry, I would see it would be like further back in her mouth, but now it was like moving all over the place. (laughs) So I noticed that that was probably helpful for her, but unfortunately it didn't really help her as much as I thought it would in terms of latching. So I tried a nipple shield um, after that. I tried changing her, um, the bottle, the nipples on the bottles. I went from using, I think, Dr. Brown's to Evenflow, the brand Evenflow, because it's shaped more like a breast nipple. I tried that. She liked that. It was okay, but she was still kind of um, not really latching. So I, at this point, was getting really frustrated and like feeling like a failure. So I was pretty sad about it at first, to be honest. Um, I was telling my mom, I was just like, I thought I'd be able to do this. You know, like I was really, um, I also felt rejected, <laughs> felt rejected by my baby. I was like, you don't want my boobs, my breasts. <laughs> yeah, I was having a rough time emotionally about it. And then on top of that, getting up at night, having to pump was really um, taxing on my physical um, health because I was losing a lot of sleep. I was like, which would I rather pump or sleep? I would rather sleep, but I really want to breastfeed. So I'm going to pump as much milk out as I can to feed her. Um, and then, um, I basically did that for about a month and I was still trying to nipple shield with her. And she sometimes would get the nipple shield on, um, and she would get it in her mouth correctly and be able to nurse, but I still think she wasn't getting enough. So I continued to feed her formula and um, eventually I just decided that, you know, I gave it my best effort. And by this time, my milk was starting to slow in its progression. Like my boobs started to dry up and um, I was just like, you know, I did the best that I could. I really tried and I gave it an honest effort and I had to like tell myself that just because you're not able to breastfeed doesn't mean you're a bad mom or you're a failure, you know, it's okay to feed your baby formula. It's, you know, a different journey for everyone. So I had to give myself a pep talk several times, but after that I was fine. I actually was like, I felt really liberated. I was just like, I have my boobs back to myself, (laughs) you know? Um, So it was just a moment where I felt like I was able to take control of my emotional well-being. Yeah. And um, I started to feel better about it and, um, you know, not ashamed of not being able to breastfeed because I think that was also a fear I had that people would, you know, ask me, oh, how come you don't breastfeed or, you know, did you breastfeed your baby? Um, So I think once I kind of let those expectations go, I felt better about it and I just fed my baby as best as I could. I love that. Um, I know what you mean by that freedom once you get your boobs back. Yes. I I ended up breastfeeding for almost two years and wow. I just 
I was like, okay, it's time. Please get off of me. And um, yeah, I, I got my body back when, and when I finished breastfeeding, like I lost all this weight and I couldn't get rid of my stomach for the longest, but I guess my appetite went down. And so then everything just kind of went back to normal. So that was, that was a wonderful experience for me. I love how you said that you had to give yourself a pep talk and realize that it was okay and take control of your emotional well-being. Um, I think there's a lot of shame associated with choosing not to breastfeed, but you also gave it your best shot. The fact that you even, you went and got the, what is it called? Phren- phreno- I can't Phrenotomy. Phrenotomy. Yeah. And you, you literally tried the nipple shields, everything like that's, that's a lot. And Annabelle is healthy. And I'm pretty sure as she grows older, you're going to continue to give her healthy foods and things that her body's going to need. Cause you're, you're one of the moms that I know that are just very um, holistic in a lot of the things that you do anyway. So um, I have no doubt that Annabelle is going to be super duper healthy and well, and just amazing overall. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I have one question for you because um, you pretty much answered a lot of the questions that I had in, in that one um, take, which is perfect. Is there anything that you would like to change if you could go back? Mm, if I could go back, what would I change? Um, I think in the hospital, I would have maybe waited a little bit longer before I introduced the formula to her because I think I let my fear of, you know, her being hungry. I think I let that kind of trump just, you know, trying a little bit more. I think if I had tried a little bit more, there may have been a chance that she would have gotten used to the breast. Um, because I think what ended up happening is she just got so used to the pull of the, you know, artificial nipple and the flow of more milk coming out at once. I think that when she actually started to nurse at the breast, it was already more difficult. So she's like, that's hard. Give me what's easy so I can eat, you know, like I kind of don't want to work for it. So I think I would have tried to a little bit, you know, encourage her a little bit more at the breast. Um, that's the only thing. Um, because I mean, if that, uh, tongue tie was really preventing her in the end, it's really, that was kind of the cause of it. Um, but I think I probably would have maybe tried a little bit more because I really wanted to breastfeed. (laughs) Well, you have another opportunity. So baby number two, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I have a question for you because I had a similar experience in the hospital where once she came out, she was looking for the nipple. I put her on, but it, there was nothing coming out for me. Like literally nothing came out. And yeah. it wasn't until I think the day after a day and a half later that my milk actually started coming in, I guess. I don't know if that's the correct term terminology, but I had to also give her the bottle. Um, did you have milk prior to giving birth or, or did it, was it slow and coming in as well? It took a few days to actually come in. I think um, the lactation specialist, um, she recommended that I just manually pump and kind of massage the breast to kind of uh, encourage that letdown phase. So I did that. I was pumping and nothing was coming out, but I kept doing it. And then it was crazy because after like a day or two, or maybe it was, I think it might have been the next day it started to come, like the colostrum milk started to come out. Um, yeah, it, um, it was almost like anytime I would hear Annabelle cry, I would feel like 
my boobs tense up and like feel like, oh my gosh, I need to feed her. Or sometimes the milk would start coming out on its own. So that was kind of amazing to experience that, like just how our bodies are just incredible. (laughs) Um, You know, so I would just, sometimes I would just think about her and I would feel that urge in my chest to, yeah, nurse. It was, it was, it was crazy, but I'm just thankful that I at least had the experience to know that my boobs were doing what they were supposed to do. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I had, you know, full capacity to feed her the natural way, but it just, sometimes things don't always go the way that we plan. So. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Aislinn. I really appreciate you taking your time out and coming on here. Um, I love you. So this is me giving you a virtual hug. Okay. Virtual hug. Love you too. <laughs> and thank um, you so much for having me. I'm no. so grateful I was able to share part of my journey with you. The next part of the episode is recorded by Kiana Regist. She is super dope because when I released the episode about breastfeeding is a privilege, she went ahead and DM'd me and told me her story. And I was so amazed by it that I was like, girl, I have to have you on. And so I'm excited for her to share some of this. Some of the stuff I did not know myself, even when she did share her story with me, like she went into depth here. And I really think her perspective is valuable for anybody looking to hear or learn more about breastfeeding. She did awesome because we went back and forth like three times trying to record. I had Sage with me. Sage was sick. It didn't, it was, it was a hot mess. And then she decided to send me some voice notes. So I'm very grateful for her participation in this and the fact that she was resilient. And even though she's in medical school, she made time for this podcast. So I hope you enjoy. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Happy Dwelling podcast hosted by Victoria Williams. And I'm going to be sharing with you, her and you all my experiences with breastfeeding with my daughter, Zolani. So going into motherhood, I did not really expect breastfeeding to be as difficult as it was for me. I remember my great aunt used to tell me to um, pinch my nipples, squeeze my nipples in the shower to prep them. And I never did it because I was just like, why would I like that doesn't make any sense. And she was telling me like, you know, you need to harden your nipples. And I was like, no, I don't think I need to do that. I never did it. And then after my daughter was born, I was like, yeah, I should have listened to my aunt because for me, it was very painful. Um, I used to bleed and scab. And, you know, the doctor was like, it's fine. She'll just drink the blood in, in the milk. Like, she'll be fine. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. But there were some times where I would have to take breaks for maybe a day and use the milk to, like, rub it on my nipples just to allow myself to heal, you know. So that was that was definitely rough. Um You know, the first few days, you don't really have milk. Well, some women, you know, and it's just the colostrum. And I felt like that wasn't enough for my daughter. So she was like fussing a lot, crying a lot for hunger in the hospital. So I did supplement with with formula as well. And that wasn't so bad. So I did always go back and forth between breastfeeding and the formula. That was, you know, that was fine for me because there were times when I wasn't with her and I would have to 
you know, she'd have to stay with somebody, so then she would use the formula. I didn't like pumping at all. I would do it occasionally, but I really didn't like it. It's annoying. It's very annoying. <laughs> Especially when you have to, like, hold it yourself, or maybe if you're not even at home, and it just gets uncomfortable after a while. So that was annoying. So it was okay to do both. So in the beginning, pumping definitely did help to stimulate my milk production. Um, and then there were there was a time when I got really sick. I had a pilonidal cyst. So that was a cyst on my tailbone. And it was the most painful thing ever. And I was on heavy pain medication, so I had to stop breastfeeding. And that was difficult to just stop because I had set a goal for myself that I wanted to breastfeed her for at least six to eight months. And so that was, you know, like a bit emotional for me in that aspect. And then to get back into it, I had to take some supplements with um, fenugreek and blessed tissel and things like that to help my milk supply come back along with pumping, but it did work. Um, and I did get back into breastfeeding. So I breastfed her until she was about 11 months. And just overall, it was difficult. In the beginning, it was painful. Okay, then everything, you know, smoothed over. It wasn't hurting me anymore. Then um, I just had to work on keeping my milk supply up. Then I lost it because I was sick. And I had to work on getting it back. And then, you know, even before they get teeth, the, their gums are like razor sharp. <laughs> so that was another challenge. But she did learn to not bite me, which is nice. And, you know, if I could go back and change anything, I don't really... I don't really think I would. I was really comfortable with using the formula and the and, and the breast milk. The thing is, though, with the formula is that it takes sometimes it takes a while to find the formula that works for your baby. And we had to go through a few changes. And every time you change the formula, the doctor recommends that you keep the baby on for a week to let them adjust because they are going to have um, difficulty with their bowel movements for a few days, but it should only be a few days. And then after that, you you know assess how the baby is reacting to the milk. So for her, she had GERD. And so we ended up giving her Enfamil AR. So it's added rice, thickens the formula a little bit, which really did help with decreasing her, um, you know, spitting the milk back up through her nose and everything. So that was good, but it was a process, you know, and it takes a lot of patience. And, you know, I had postpartum anxiety, so every single thing had me on edge with my daughter. Okay, two tidbits. Um, one, with the formula, there is a concern that you really don't know what's in the formula, so you're just trusting what's on the label, right? So that's an understandable concern, but it's also good to consider that, you know, these brands, they don't want to put their business in jeopardy. So, you know, we can put some hope in that we are, you know, giving our babies 
what they say they are giving our babies, you know, and hope for the best in that. A lot of times there is no negative outcome, I think, you know, and with the breastfeeding, there's there may be certain things that you can't eat while you're breastfeeding because the baby doesn't like it. So for my daughter, I could not eat curry. Anything I ate that had curry in it and then fed her afterwards, she would spit up that milk, just throw it up. And then, you know, obviously you cannot drink alcohol and there's just certain things that you can't really put in your diet for the baby's health as well and certain things you should be putting in your diet for the baby's health. So even when you're breastfeeding, you should still be taking your prenatal vitamins, you know, because all of that is really great for the baby. So that's definitely um, some things to keep in mind. But overall, I mean, it's a, a beautiful experience. I mean, outside of the difficulty behind it, um, it's definitely a bond. You know, it's very, it, it's very bonding. And one of the best things about it as well was that, especially before she started eating food, or even then, just, you know, it's all together while I was breastfeeding. It was, it's, it was so nice to not have to get up in the middle of the night to make a bottle because I could just, I had her next to me and I could just pull out my boobie. <laughs> so that was convenient, like extremely convenient because I'm telling you, all my mothers out there, you understand, getting up every two hours to feed your newborn two ounces is a struggle. And then every four hours to feed them four ounces, it's a struggle. So that was helpful although my sleep was still interrupted it was still nice to just you know just bloop pull it out there you go she falls back asleep you just got to make sure they don't choke and you know voila everything is handled <laughs> so you know that was good overall i have no regrets about breastfeeding and i have no regrets about using the formula simultaneously i think my baby is great personally i think she's a baby genius you know, so it's all about exercising your options, seeing what's best for you as, you know, the mom and the baby, you know. So good luck out there to all you beautiful mothers. You know, you're doing great. You're strong. You're wonderful. You are beautiful, okay. Don't let the postpartum get to you. Be patient with yourself and be patient with your body and be patient with your baby, you know. Try to enjoy every moment because they don't stay small for long that is all i have for you all today thank you so much for spending your time listening to me i hope you join me in the next one to learn more about health topics that can help you improve your life so you can be happy in your dwelling place love y'all